Hi! Welcome to the CJB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, is Winnipeg going to get an NFL preseason game? Why doesn't Saskatchewan want it? Well, we'll check in with Rob Banstone of the Regina Leader Post. Also a big Jets fan who's not feeling too great right now. A Winnipegger was one of the standouts at the CFL National Combine, Shy Ross. Uh, the Manitoba Bisons will join me. And finally, baseball about to get underway. What are some of the crazier ballpark food items? I'll take you through the list. It'll make you hungry and also a little queasy on the podcast. All right, we're joined on the line by Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post. Rob, how are you tonight? Not bad, thanks, Christian. How are you doing? Doing well. Before I get to uh, the reason I'm having you on, I know you're a big Jets fan. Anything you want to vent about? Oh, that game last night was so awful. Can I consume the rest of your segment? Just <laughs> whining about the Jets. It, I, it I don't know if so I got enough time for you. <laughs> it was as close as perfect. They, they, they approach perfection the way they played against Nashville. And then to regress the way they did against Dallas, it just... It's toyed with my emotions too much over the last few days. I'm I'm not I'm too fragile to really be able to handle this with any grace or dignity. All right, then we'll we'll move along. <laughs> then I don't want to pierce you and your fragile fandom here. The team is in first place, but uh, we'll we'll pivot now to the the situation with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Will the NFL play a preseason game? In Canada, there was the rumors, I guess, a couple weeks ago, Rob, that it was going to be in Regina, but today we found out that wasn't going to be the case. It doesn't seem so. Um, stranger things have happened. It's, it's, there sounds like there's a much better chance that the game will actually be played in Winnipeg than there will uh, than than in Regina. So, congratulations on that. The Jets will be here on October 26th for an NHL game, however. So. There's no lack of big events at, uh, at Mosaic Stadium and unprecedented ones. But, yeah, it's a strange day. It started off with, with uh, a report that the Rough Riders had played a key role in blocking that game from coming here. Not, not so, say, the Rough Riders who counter that the reasoning was principally to do with, with timing and the very short turnover time, less than a day between the uh, NFL game or the proposed NFL game and the uh, Rough Riders August 24th game against Ottawa. And so that's one factor that has to go into this. How much logistically is a stadium ready right now in this in Canada for an NFL game when the field is a completely different size, the uprights are different? What do they have to bring in to make that a reality? What do they have to bring in? And I think crucially, what do they have to get rid of really quickly? Can you erase the line sufficiently in time? It's not just the lines on the field, but there's the sponsorships and and, and their logos. And and I think factoring into there's no precedent for this here. They've never tried it before within in this facility. You know, other stadiums in other different circumstances, granted, have been able to turn themselves around. You look at major markets in the United States, and whether it's a stadium or arena, they have to be able to flip it pretty quickly. Uh, they've had that numerous times over the years when the when the Argonauts were in Rogers Center or Skydome, uh, there would be Blue Jays games, you know, the day before, the day after. So uh, there's some precedent for the conversions, but not here. And uh, is there enough time? I'm not sure anybody can really say or really know. Beyond the logistics of hosting an NFL game in a CFL stadium, what kind of draw is it for the fans of football in Western Canada to go to see an NFL preseason game in August? 
that's a, you know another unanswered question, and you really don't know because that's never been tested. I I, I would think that it would be a, an attractive proposition for a lot of people. Uh, the one qualifier I would include is what would the ticket prices be? Right. And would there be stick it, sticker shock? At a certain price, it might be a lot more tolerable than if it's ranging in the $100, as a, you know, ranging above $100 for a preseason game for a minimum price ticket. I, I would think the market would be quite good for it. You don't have to sell 50,000 tickets like you would in Toronto for an NFL game. We remember the Bills experiment. It didn't They'd work. They'd have to sell 33,000 here, and it's never been... There's never been anything like that in Western Canada before. And that's there's a lot of unanswered questions, really, surrounding this. I do think that you have the Packers and Raiders. I think the Packers are one of the more, you know, nationally cheered for teams north of the border, both because it's not that far from here and because of the history of that franchise. And while you might not get four quarters of Aaron Rodgers, certainly there's going to be a ton of people in this market or in Regina, wherever the game ends up being played that have never seen an NFL game before, and this is their one chance to maybe see one. Yeah, you know, I think that would be of interest to people. Um, there's, I think part of it, part of the marketability would pertain to who's playing. Uh, would Aaron Rodgers be playing in that game? Would Antonio Brown be playing in that game? Or would that be one of those games where they just play all the guys who are on the bubble and rest the veterans? Uh, this market has been burned a few times with NHL preseason games. For example, in uh, I think it was 2010, uh, Ottawa played Tampa Bay in a preseason game, and uh, Ottawa played a reasonable complement of their stars, whereas Tampa Bay sat everybody. No Marty Saloui, no Vincent LeCavalier, no anybody who's any good. And uh, I think people felt a little burned by that. And... Uh, so part of it would have to, I think, be would, part of it would be dictated by: Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers even for a series? Are we going to see Antonio Brown, or is it going to be players who might end up being on the Ryder practice roster <laughs> at the end of the season? Right, and I don't think there's any downside to this, is there? I don't think so. There's been it has been said that it might it might have had an effect on the Rough Riders. Uh, in, in that if people are spending money on an NFL ticket, they might not spend it on a rider ticket. But if the riders get hot and they play well, they're going to do well. And it's no different than bringing a rock concert into a, into a stadium or, or an NHL game, for example. So there's, or even if you subtract the, the venue, uh, whatever anybody decides to do with their entertainment dollar, they're making a choice. Do I spend it on this or do I spend it on that? So, is it any different than somebody thinking, deciding, okay, we're going to go to this concert at, a, at, a, at the Brand Center in Regina or Sastel Center in Saskatoon, as opposed to spending that money on the on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? I just, if people are interested in it enough, they're going to go. And if the Rough Riders put a compelling, exciting product in the field, people will go. People show up in massive numbers, even if they're ordinary. And the the counter for Winnipeg is, you know, you're looking at if it is that Friday that they've mentioned August 23rd, I believe, in the Riders playing the next day. The Bombers are on the road during that time. They actually play in Edmonton the very night, the 23rd of that Friday. So whether they have that, you know, move it to a Saturday because the game is now here in Winnipeg and the Bombers aren't here to compete with that, maybe there's some difference there. But I could maybe see the Bombers not wanting to have an NFL game at the exact same time, even if the Bombers are playing on the road, just because you, you might be drawing... 
you know, taking away some TV audience or maybe losing some people that would have been at the NFL game staying home to watch the Bombers. I'm not sure about that. I suppose another factor too, Chris, would be with the Bombers stand to derive some revenues from the NFL game being played in, in Winnipeg. Would that be part of the the deal? And uh, again, that so much of it would be in the pricing at every end of the uh, spectrum. Well, and that's that's I think the ultimate question about this is the price because. You're going to have people come out to see an NFL game because it's something different wherever it's being played in Canada because if it's in Western Canada, it hasn't happened before. So you're going to have that impact. You're going to have maybe some star power, even if you know Aaron Rodgers plays for a quarter. You get to see Aaron Rodgers for a quarter. A lot of people like the Packers. But if it's 100 bucks a ticket, it's a preseason game, and that's kind of tough to justify. It is. Um, you know, in, 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 and that price hasn't been been tested before. No, I just, I, I just pulled that number out of nowhere. You know, or, or any price for that has not, you know, for that matter, has not been tested with, with regard to that event. I, I think it would do pretty well unless they don't get a little, you know, too greedy with the pricing. I, I think the curiosity factor, the novelty factor would be pretty powerful. And let's face it, as much as people in, in, in Regina and in Winnipeg, Manitoba, much as they enjoy following the CFL, there's, there's huge NFL Markets. Oh yeah, there's, there's a big, you know, there's a huge, there's a huge market for NFL fans as well. You go in a sports memorabilia store or a jersey store, and and oftentimes you'll see as many as if not more than uh, NFL jerseys and CFL jerseys. And those players are very marketable. Those teams are very marketable here. You, you walk around and see how many people are wearing NFL hats as opposed to CFL hats these days. And uh, it might be a, it might not even be an either or situation for a lot of people where they might be inclined to go to an NFL game, whereas they wouldn't even think of going to a CFL game. You might be, might be an untapped market in some cases. And I don't think there's any worry of, you know, a CFL team hosting an NFL team being some kind of sacrilegious thing, some kind of blasphemous deal where you can't cross sides. They're not really in competition with one another. They play often most of their games at different times of the year. Some players play in one league, then they go to another league. I don't think there's any real worry that you're going to lose fans because you bring an NFL team in for three and a half hours. No, and once upon a time, the NFL and the CFL had a joint agreement. In fact, in 1997, it was a loan from the NFL that helped the CFL, helped the Rough Riders certainly, and the CFL in a larger sense stay afloat. So if anything, there should be an indebtedness to the National Football League as opposed to a resistance. I agree. Well, Rob, I appreciate your time and uh, I guess give you some time to console yourself about the Jets before they play on Thursday. Well, uh, the Islanders will fail, so I'll feel much better uh, within 24 hours, I'm confident. All right, Rob, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time, Christian. Take care. Manitoba Bison sent four players to the CFL National Combine this past weekend in Toronto, and it was the performance of Shy Ross that ranked near the top of the standings in terms of measurables. He's 5'11", 181 pounds. Not a big guy. But he had the fastest shuttle run, the second fastest three-cone time, longest broad jump, second biggest vertical, tied for fifth fastest 40-yard dash time. Moral of the story is this kid can fly. And he joins me now on the CJB Sports Show. Shy, as a player looking to make it into the CFL, what's your mindset heading into the combine circuit? Um, I guess just uh, giving it my my best and, uh, you know, doing my best to impress the scouts and ultimately make it to the next level. 
do you, do you have any kind of expectations for what times you'd put up for a lot of these testing? Um, I, I, I kind of knew how I was going to do going in, but, uh, you know, I, I ended up doing a little better than I expected. Uh, I put a lot of hard work in leading up to the combine. So, uh, it definitely paid off and I was for sure happy with the results. Do you worry about what other people are, are doing in terms of their numbers or do you just focus on doing the best you can do? Yeah, you can't pay too much attention to uh, what everyone else is doing. If, if you do that, that's when you kind of uh, throw off your game. So really just focused on, on what I could control and uh, yeah, it's history from there. What did you think of the attention or maybe lack of attention that you were getting before and after the, the combines? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, I did expect to uh, get the invite to the national combine right off, off the jump, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, so, so I went into the, the regional and uh, I handled my business and uh, made it to the national and then uh, just just prove to everyone that that I really did belong there, and so that was my goal, and uh, that's what I went out there and did. So, how do you feel about your your status now after the national combine? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's all great, but uh, I mean, you can't pay too much attention to that. Uh, it, it'll kind of distract you, so you kind of just gotta, like I said, focus on what you can control. And uh, I'm gonna keep working hard and. Uh, keep pushing myself and uh yeah that's about it what did you feel about the fact that you were one of four bisons there having a number of teammates at the national combine must have been pretty cool yeah i mean it definitely helps with the process i mean having your guys there uh you know really makes you kind of feel at home and uh you can kind of lean over to them and uh you know talk about uh certain things and and how to make certain things better and what they're seeing as well so uh, having them there definitely helped, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. So you now have uh, just over a month before the CFL draft. What do you do? do you just keep training? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> leading up to the combine, I was uh, training in BC with Game Ready, um, but I'm actually back home in Winnipeg now, so uh, I'm going to get back training with, with my team, and uh, I'll be staying busy, that's for sure, and uh you know, just getting back in football shape and uh, taking care of my body. So that's all I can do right, right about now. Going into the combine, did you have any expectations of what the process would be like beyond the testing in terms of what they'd have you do at this combine? Um, yeah, well, I guess, you know, it's it's a basic combine. Uh, my brother actually was, was in the national combine last year, so uh, and that one was in Winnipeg. So I got to attend that one, and so... Uh, going there really gave me a good feel of what I'd be doing this year. And uh, so, so I was pretty focused on, on what I had to do. And uh, yeah, I went in there and got it done. Any interviews with scouts or anything that you had to take part in? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the two days leading up to the Sunday, um, we had a, a few, uh, I guess a select few had uh, interviews with uh, some teams. And so, you know, it's a great opportunity to, to, you know, get let like let the teams learn a bit about yourself and uh, and um, and just get a feel for for a few different teams. So yeah, that was a great opportunity as well, and so I'm happy to have done that. So if you had the chance to pitch all nine CFL general managers on why they should draft Shy Ross, what would you say to sell yourself? Uh, I would just tell them that I'm a really uh, I'm an extremely coachable guy. Um, 
you know, I'm a guy that's going to come in there and compete uh, every day just to, you know, crack the roster or get on the field. You know, I just want to always push myself to be the best that I can. So I'm always, I'm always staying busy, uh, taking care of my body. And uh, I feel like personally, I feel like I'm the, <clears throat> personally, I feel like I'm the, the biggest deep threat in the, uh, in the CFL draft this year. So uh, if that's what a team is looking for, then they can definitely get that out of me. Did you grow up a Bombers fan living here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been to a, a ton of Bomber games, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a big Bombers fan, but, uh, I mean, whatever team uh, picks me would, 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 would be special, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. Of course, of course. Is there a, a kind of player you look at in the CFL and say, you know, I, that's kind of how I play, or is it, are you kind of a unique product? Um, not so much a player in the CFL that I would kind of say that's how I play, but, uh, I've definitely modeled my game after a few, a few Bisons who have kind of led the way for me. I mean, uh, we've had Anthony Coombs who's now in the CFL and, uh, as well as Nick Dembski. And, uh, I've had the chance to train with them a few times and, uh, uh, they've showed me quite a few, few tricks of the trade. So, uh, I kind of model my game a bit after both of them a little bit. I have a a few components from uh, from both of them. So uh, I would say I definitely look up to those players and they've, sh- they've taught me a lot throughout the years. And I imagine there's a certain pride in getting to the CFL starting out playing football in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It goes back uh, quite a while. So uh, to, to, to play in Winnipeg would be very special, absolutely. How does your body feel after all this? Oh, my body feels great. Um the first combine was a little taxing on the body, but I got the chance to give my body a few days to recover and then get back to training. And then the second combine was kind of spread out a little bit over the course of two, three days. So uh, I feel great. I'm going to give myself a day or two to rest here and then uh, get get right back to work. So are you completely done your schoolwork then? Yeah, I mean, um, I actually uh, took the second semester off, so... Um, I did this just so I could specifically focus on, on my football and training and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not currently in school, um, so um, I'll be dedicating like all my time to, to training and, and doing what I, what I need to do to get to the next level. Does that mean you've graduated? You're done then? Uh, no, I haven't graduated yet. I have uh, two years of education under my belt. Um, whether I, I plan to go back in the near future, uh, I'm not sure. But uh, right now, football is my main focus, so uh, that's that's what I'll be uh, leaning towards right now. So I appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck as you get ready for the draft. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. What's more American than just monstrosities of fried food? Well, let me tell you some of the items. If you're looking to do some traveling based on Awful item. Well, awful for you, I should say. They might taste really good. Well, let's start with, uh, there's a few items put together by CBSSports.com. And Sky, you can get in on this if you want. The first item from the Texas Rangers is called the Fowl Pull. F-O-W-L Pull. It is a two-pound chicken tender, waffle fries, and dipping sauces. One two-pound Chicken tender. Okay, that sounds all right. That would take a while. It's a lot of chicken. 
and it's in Texas. So you're thinking it might be like 37 degrees out when you're eating that. That's not good. There's the Pittsburgh cone, which is kielbasa, pierogi, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, and Russian, Russian dressing for some reason in a waffle cone. Most of those ingredients make sense in a, in a sandwich, but why are you just, why a, why a waffle cone? And how can you eat that without it just crumbling everywhere? Mm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. In Houston, there's the Fritos pie corn dog. What? It's a corn dog covered in Fritos corn chips, queso blanco, white cheese, and Texas chili. So... You can pay extra to get that in a cone. Well, actually, I believe. and you can get them uh, loaded tots in like a batting helmet too. No, it is. Uh, it is. It's not good. No, I'm not going to get that. There's the Bayou City Dog, which is also in Houston. A lot of Texas in this list. I will note: hot dog, smoked pork, burnt ends, Rico's cheese sauce, pickled chips, green onions, and hot barbecue sauce. There's the picture. It is, there's a lot of pickles on that. It's everything they had left over from last year Yes. in one dish. That would be the smoked pork burnt ends. Burnt ends. Yes. It is a piggy bunk bed, according to this article. There's the SI cover dog. Sports Illustrated worked with the Arizona Diamondbacks to come up with this hot dog. And a lot of these are hot dog based substances, which is, you know, already mystery meat as it is. It's an 18 inch bratwurst with jalapeno apple coleslaw. Fried mac and cheese, barbecue aioli, house-cured beer pickles, and green onion. And the fried mac and cheese are in these little triangles that they they put along. Can you imagine 18, it's a foot and a half of mystery meat. This is in Arizona. We're again talking about a really hot climate to eat greasy food. And guess what the next item on the list is? Oh, it's also from Arizona. It's also an 18-inch hot dog. This time, hash browns, country gravy, cheddar cheese, bacon, fried eggs, hot sauce, and green onion. It's the all-day breakfast dog. It's because it takes all day to eat it. I think it might take multiple days to digest it. And uh, guess what? The, The next item on the list is also an Arizona Diamondback hot dog. It's rubbing some dirt on it as opposed to rubbing some dirt on it. 18-inch hot dog with Reuben mac and cheese, fried pickles, green onion, and a special secret sauce. (sighs) I don't know. Does that make you want to try it more or try to avoid it when they say, yo, you don't know what is in the sauce? You don't know. You'll have to try it. Oh, God, there's the picture. No, no, no. And how do you hold that big bun? It's just going to get soggy with all that. Mm. All right. We will end the list with these last two. There's the Coney dog egg roll, which is a... Crispy egg roll filled with hot dog and chili, drizzled with classic mustard and a sprinkle of diced onions. That sounds pretty straightforward. That's in Detroit. And we'll end the list with the Toronto Blue Jays. It's a 32-ingredient salad. That's a la re- Clay Young. It's a salad. And there's no meat in this, so I think you can eat it. Brussels sprouts, kale, green cabbage, romaine lettuce, carrots, butternut squash, quinoa, pomegranate seeds, apple cider vinegar. Why are you eating healthy at a ballpark? Eat an 18-inch hot dog. I need Tom's just talking about this. Do I want to go to Arizona and try some of those? Yes. Sports, sports, sports. 
sports car sounds like. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. <laughs>